Perhaps you've got some thoughts on what happened up at MSU where these 320 cameras were taken down because there was a chip in them that they weren't supposed to be using. They could have left the cameras up and waited for the substitute chips to arrive, but they didn't, and that made it at least harder to kind of track Brendan Santo when he went missing. Um, should they and should they have disclosed that to the student body and to parents? Or is that just telegraphing to would-be attackers that, there's a vulnerability. 1-800-859-0957, 1-800-859-0WJR. Uh, we know that as a vehicle owner, uh, you assume a lot of responsibility. But just how much responsibility might shock you? Imagine taking your car into the dealership for service, and while you're in the waiting area, an incident happens between your car and an employee of the dealership where, while in your car, another employee is killed. <laughs> Who's at fault? Should you find yourself on the wrong end of a lawsuit? WJR Senior News Analyst Lloyd Jackson here with a story that should have you saying, how far should liability extend? Lloyd, this is a crazy story. It is, Guy. And, you know, back in March of 2020, a customer took his Jeep into Rochester Hills Chrysler Jeep for an oil change. One of the employees who didn't know how to drive a stick and who didn't have a driver's license got into the Jeep to move it and ended up hitting another employee, 42-year-old Jeffrey Hawkins, a married father of four, killing him. Fast forward to now, and the lawyer for Hawkins files a lawsuit, not against the other employee or even the dealership, but the owner of the Jeep, that was brought in for the oil change. Now, under Michigan law, if someone is killed or injured and your vehicle is involved, the owner of the car is responsible as long as there is permissive use of the vehicle. I called up attorney Todd Flood of Flood Law to try to get some clarification. Flood said normally this would be a workers' comp case, which would trump that law since this incident happened on the job. But this lawsuit's trying to go outside of that statute and say that they can recoup the benefits uh by the owner and his insurance policy for uh the pain and suffering lost wages and the like that is a unique situation it's different um and we will see how it turns out in the court of appeals now in michigan co-worker is if a co-worker is injured it cannot sue the boss due to the boss's negligence and in this case the boss was negligent for hiring someone who could not drive a stick didn't have a driver's license so Mr. Hawkins's family did seek out workers' comp and will receive wages and medical based on how much he was making at the time of his death. Mr. Hawkins's family is suing the Jeep owner for $15 million now, but the Jeep owner has sued the dealership for indemnity, which means if a jury awards the family the full amount of that lawsuit, the dealership would be on the hook for the difference after what the Jeep owner's insurance paid. Attorney Flood. I tend to think that, um, albeit a creative lawsuit, and it's gotten by the first phase, and the judge allowed the case to stay in. The circuit court judge allowed the case to stay in. Um, that uh, that obviously is going to be ripe for an appeal, um, unless, of course, obviously there's settlements that take place prior to the appeal. Now, there's another twist to this case, too. Workers' Comp has put a lien on the outcome of the trial, and regardless of the ruling, Workers' Comp would be owed the money that has already been paid out. Attorney Flood says that's statutory. So Workman's Comp, um, through our statute in the state of Michigan, is able to put a lien on a file um, for anything that is 
um, in excess of a, what is basically a substitute. So you would get normal wage loss and, and benefits uh, workman comp would owe, if anything, in excess of what would be the normal of that, workman comp would be able to come after that amount um, and put a lien on the file. So, Guy, I guess when you turn your car over to someone in a dealership as the owner of the vehicle, you should either ask questions as to who will be moving your car and what their qualifications are or just trust that the dealership employees are qualified. Right. But there's a standard of reasonability here, Lloyd. And a, a, a reasonable person should be able to assume that the porter working within that dealership who's going to get behind the wheel of a vehicle actually has a license. I agree. That's the thing about this case where the liability standard should be not the onus on the owner, but on the, the dealership, because that's an assumption that you ought to be able to make. Well, and and Todd says it's, it's the same as like valet. When you give your keys to the valet, guy if the valet guy takes your car and then runs into somebody hurt somebody kill somebody the owner of the car is responsible but now if your car is sitting in front of your house or in your driveway and somebody breaks the window out takes it steals it drives off in your car kills somebody in your car then the owner is not liable because it was not given that person was not given permission to use the car and he also said guy be careful when you, you know, as the owner of a car and you give your car to your kid and tell your kid you can drive the car. And then the kid decides to let their friend drive the car. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. for those of us that have cars that we drive in the dream cruise or, you know, summer cruisers, a lot of us have manuals. I don't I think fewer than five percent of, of vehicles now that are coming off the line are manual transmissions. It's let me be- tell you, it's I, becoming I a lost art, buddy. Let me tell you, I, I uh, uh, sent a text to the Secretary of State's office to ask that question, like, you know, out of the registrations that we have uh, of cars on the road in Michigan, how many are automatic and how many are uh, stick? And they said, well, we don't keep that information. We don't know that information. And I found I, that because you know, we don't we don't keep it. But that's, it should be on your registration. It should say it's automatic or uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's your VIN number that that, that actually yeah. contains that as part of a designation. So yeah, um, yeah, that's interesting. Well, you you might have gotten hold of the one guy that didn't know, and you know what? He probably can't drive a stick either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, it's something. I listen. The first thing I did when my kids got into driver's ed is I taught them how to drive a stick, just because it's one of those life skills that you never know when you're going to need it. Yeah, uh, that and th- that and boat safety. You live in Michigan, for goodness sakes. All right, Lloyd, thanks very much. That's just it's just mind boggling. And yes, that would be a poster child for a frivolous lawsuit under any other circumstances, except apparently this one where they've they're they're looking to to go after somebody that they believe has, I guess, deeper pockets. But, you know, so we're all forewarned. And yes, for those of you that like me. I've got a little Pontiac Solstice that I love. It's five-speed. Uh, you probably, when you drop your car off at a valet or uh, when you are, are taking it in for an oil change or a service, you should ask, does your porter know how to drive a manual? And if not, here, I got a waiver for you to sign so that I don't get stuck with this. Uh, by the way, uh, some really encouraging news from uh, the Detroit Police Department, and that is the freeway shootings appear to be down. Twelve incidents this year. Uh, that's down from 59 shootings on average. So the pace 
lower, and that's because of this Operation Bryces. So tip of the cap to Detroit Police Chief James White, uh, who started that program, and it appears to be making progress. Much more on The Guy Gordon Show when we come back.